that spoon, that spoon, that spoonful. Bill, what was the first concert you ever saw? Oh, thank you for going right into that. Uh, my first concert, March 4th, 1967, at the Dillon Gymnasium at Princeton, New Jersey, was to go see The Lovin' Spoonful. Oh, and that's why we have this show put on a stack of 45s where Bill Mesnick, my famed and beloved partner, and I, Rich Buckland, deliver, deliver a 45 RPM of note to you by one of our cherished favorites, and of course, Bill <laughs> broke, <laughs> Bill lost his virginity, his concert virginity, at the hands of John Sebastian, Zal Yanofsky, Steve Boone, and Joe Butler. Yeah, and as I described to you, uh, you know, as a, I had my own little garage band called The Full House, and we did... This song, Do You Believe in Magic, which we're covering today, which was released in 1965, made it to number nine on the charts, um, on the Kama Sutra label. We played that song. And when I went to see um, the Love and Spoonful perform, I was amazed as, you know, someone who was had, had some ambition to follow this as a possible uh, avocation um, or vocation. Um, he, John Sebastian broke a string in the middle of a song and he just kept rapping to the audience and, you know, while he was changing the string, which he did in a remarkably lightning fast fashion, tuned it and they went on and I went, now that's a professional. Because of all, all of those years you spend in coffee houses and all of those years where you have to be on your toes. There are some artists that fumble and they don't necessarily, it's, it's awkward when, when those moments occur. It's when, when you break a string, it's not the most pleasant experience, but there's yeah, it's horrible, you know, and, and trying to tune in front of people is uh, almost impossible, especially years later when we were high, we, you know, we would spend <laughs> 40 minutes trying to tune the guitar. And later that became an, an industry unto itself. The, uh, yeah, the electronic tuner saved a lot of uh, guitar players' asses. So Do You Believe in Magic, of course, is, is a magical song in how good it makes you feel. But this band was also uh, one of the great feel-good bands of all time. Uh, with a list of songs such as Daydream. Now, Daydream was found on John Lennon's jukebox, and Paul McCartney uh, credits it for the inspiration to Good Day Sunshine. And Quick, great song. And I'm lost in a daydream Dreaming about my bundle of joy And even if time ain't really on my side it's one of those days for taking a walk outside I'm blowing the day to take a walk in the sun And follow my face on somebody's new mode long I've been having a sweet dream Something about the combination of folk music, jug band music, 
country, yes, con- country music. Uh, the song Nashville Cats uh, indicates the, the, the love and identity that Mr. Sebastian placed in country music. Country water, Nashville Cats play wild as Mountain Dew. Summer in the City, one of the greatest cuts of all time. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Then down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match. And that's, but there's a diversion. Now that's yes, much that's more rock and roll, and and it's also darker. I mean, it's darker. Yeah. Well, yeah. they got darker. Yeah. They the, their story got pretty dark, and we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's um, with with John's "Darling, Be Home Soon" is is one of those beautiful ballads that is not quickly forgotten. And talk of all the things we did today Here And laugh about our funny little ways While we have a few minutes to breathe And I know that it's time you must leave But darling, be home soon I couldn't bear to wait an extra minute if you double my darling be home soon it's not just these few hours but I've been waiting since I toddled for the great relief of having you to talk to um, the ability to play with these different uh, emotions and be able to be successful over the period of time that they were, uh, given the fact that all was not well within the unit, um, particularly because of the odd nature of Zalyanovsky. Yes, and you know um, the story of um, his leaving the band? As I understand it, there were these, and I always find it interesting, when you're having success, it's suddenly not the success you want because it's too conventional. My understanding is he and John clashed constantly over it being too conventional, too popish, too much like the Turtles. Yeah, well, he, they were actually considered to be the monkeys. Um, they ha- you know, Zal was, uh, or Zal was, um, he was a clown, he was a cut up. But he was involved in a drug bust, yeah. and then he he gave up some names, and then he was, um, you know, th- there was a problem. Eventually, he ended up going back to Canada. He was Canadian, but there was a brief period between that. I saw an interview with Chris Christopherson where he said he hired Zal to be his guitar player. 
after the bust and people were saying, don't hire him. He's bad news. Christopherson said, well, you say that to me, that makes me want to dig my heels in even more. And he, he, so he hired Zoll and they toured Europe and they, you know, they became close. He said, but he was always a problem. And eventually I had to fire him because he, we were in the village playing uh, for our managers and record company. And he was cutting up, detuning the guitar of Billy Swan while he was trying to play. And, and the manager came back and said, either you fire this guy or I will. And, uh, you know, Zal, I guess career-wise, had a death wish. Well, he was self-destructive all the way down the line. For whatever talent he possessed, he didn't seem to take it very, very seriously, nor did he seem to take the business seriously. Um, and it, you see those videos of, of the band playing, and he's just so compelling. He's just so full of pep and life and enjoying the experience of playing music and communing with the audience. But uh, something was amiss. Well, if you have to, and I, it's odd that Christofferson, of all people, would not have understood this. It's almost like I can't imagine Zalianowski in back of Leonard Cohen. Christofferson's advantages were, were all poetic, uh, much as Mr. Cohen's advantages were, were uh, poetic. It wasn't vocal skill. It was this overwhelming um, Walt Whitman sensibility that allowed uh, for the success. You've got somebody behind you who is orchestrating a joke, turning that into a joke. The the combination is is not. Uh, no, it's not. It's not respectful. That's for sure. No, but th- that was not his his modus. Vivendi. Eventually, uh, he quit the business and opened a restaurant called Shea Piggy. Um, and um, I don't have the. When did he die? He died. They did. They did reunite briefly um, for in the Catskills in 1979 at the Concord Hotel to promote Paul Simon's One Trick Pony. And uh, they reunited again in 2000 for the induction ceremony at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Zal died in uh, 2002, 2002. And he had a, yeah. of, of a heart attack. Um, uh, but John Sebastian soldiers on, and he's, as you were telling me, he's doing a, an act with your buddy Arlen Roth. Yes, and uh, they just played the Grand Old Opry. And Fantastic. It had been the first time that either artist had the opportunity to uh, uh, be given the uh, pleasure of, of performing for that particular audience after everything that Arlen had given to uh, all forms of music and it is a legendary guitar player. And of course, John Sebastian's uh, contributions to, uh, to folk and country. So, I mean, amazing career that Mr. Sebastian has had. You know, he grew up in the village. He was the son of a classical harmonica player, of all things, uh, who also was named John Sebastian. But he grew up in the village, and, and he started the Even Dozen Jug Band with David Grisman and Maria Muldaur, uh in those early days of the Jug Band. He was in the Mugwumps with Cass Elliott and Denny Doherty. Um, so this was... This was just history before 
the spoonful. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. the spoonful, as you say, combined all those elements in a uh, an electrified way. And uh, he, he was he's one, he's one of the greatest songwriters that American rock and roll has produced. He was always visually interesting with that auto harp. Um, but probably the most significant moment for him is the appearance in the film Woodstock with yes. his singing of that song, Younger Generation. Why must every generation think that folks are square? And no matter where their heads are, they know moms ain't there. Cause I swore when I was small that I'd remember when I knew what's wrong with them that I was smaller than Determined to remember all the cardinal rules Like sun showers or legal grounds for skipping school I know I have forgotten maybe one or two But I hope that I recall them all before the babies do And I know he'll have a question or two Beautifully crafted song. That I think he was tripping too, he said. Yeah, oh, he was, he was tripping and he was, you know, I mean, the comfort that he is exhibiting uh, for as you know, the camera catches everything, and his comfortability in front of half a million people singing that song with just his guitar is, for me, with that tie-dye shirt, an amazing moment. Yeah, uh, that was, you know, he 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 went solo. It all sort of worked out in that respect, and of course, for the the children a little younger, um, probably remember him from. The theme song of Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome back, which... <laughs> well, it's, it, it's funny <laughs> how you get... I, I always found it... Um, um, I, as someone who thought that John Sebastian was one of the finer... Uh, because I've always... Think he sold out? You think he sold out? I think that everyone needs an opportunity to get back to a place where they're going to gain the attention required to do what they wish to do. And I think the song was better than the show. I, well, the, so, the show gave, gave us one, gave lousy, one lousy and comedian. And John Travolta. Yeah, and, you know, Gabe Kaplan is now known for his poker career, and John Travolta, his career speaks for itself. And you had just seen the Robert Stigwood documentary, uh, about Travolta's uh, entrance into Saturday Night Fever and how culturally that changed a, an entire landscape in uh, motion pictures. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So everyone, Vinny Barbarino. Vinny Barbarino. So everybody gets their opportunity. Oh, the only thing, John seemed to have difficulty finding uh, d- decent side men because Zal was replaced by Jerry Yester, who winds up getting arrested for... Well, that was much later. How many... Ca- well, it wasn't much later. How, no. how much? No, it wasn't much later. He was he was hired right after the sacking of Zalianowski. Well, yes, he was hired, but he didn't get... Uh, 
the child pornography charges until later. Well, according to... Now, history is interesting because who replaced Zal on those live programs that we see the spoonful on? Wasn't that Jerry Yester? Probably. Yeah, Jerry Yester is on the uh, album Everything Playing, which was... um, was made after Zal left. But yet, the record states that he was fired in 2017 after being arrested on 30 counts of child pornography. That's so, what I'm saying. So yeah, you're, you're yeah. talking about from 1968 to, you know, uh, to uh, 2017. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that there is some, there's, there's some lack of clarity as to the immediate replacement. But I agree that uh, that uh, Sebastian, after he went solo, you know, he he sort of cast about with different uh, different side men. I want to say for a minute that um, the song that we're celebrating, "Do You Believe in Magic," the uh, the um, uh, introductory hit that they had, was uh, interestingly inspired by "Heat Wave" by Martha and the Vandellas. Yes. Yes. So uh, Sebastian tells the story of how he loved that the 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 chord structures that kind of kept elevating, and he wanted something like that, and and that riff is uh, you know indelible. Here, I wish to just clarify for the record: there was a lawsuit, and uh, in 1991. And uh, Sebastian had long been gone from the Love and Spoonful. And right. Steve Boone and uh, Joe Butler started up the group again in 91 with Jerry Yester. And there that, you go. I that, mean, it was yes. no, there was no Spoonful without uh, John Sebastian. Right, right. There was no Spoonful without John Sebastian. And uh, that was that, that period. But um, you like the work of Jerry Yester, particularly the album that... Uh, Farewell Aldebaran that he made with Judy Henson. With, yes, um, yes. Yeah, that's a classic, uh, what they call a hidden gem. So John Sebastian, Kamasutra Records, those, the Woodstock, here, here's an amazing career. And a song that that just gets off the launch pad with an amazingly, wonderfully feel-good recording, um, beautifully produced and just stripped down to the bare essentials of what the group is about, what the songwriter is about. And, uh, and they you, could play it live, just like it was on the record. Yeah, I saw a video yeah. of them playing a concert where just the four of them reproducing that record uh, note for note. It was beautiful. So if you believe in magic, and I highly recommend that first album, um, it it was one of those breakthrough records. And as someone who really appreciates a good good pop song, this is a great combination of, uh, of, of tunes on this first Love and Spoonful album, Do You Believe in Magic? Uh, including On the Road Again. On the Road Again, Jug Band Music. It's a sporting life. It's great. It's a great record. So here's to The Lovin' Spoonful, and uh, I believe in magic, Bill. Do you believe in magic? Let's play it.
ladies and gentlemen. The Love and Spoonful. Do you believe in magic? Do you believe in magic? In a young girl's heart How the music can free her Whenever it starts and it's magic Music is groovy and makes you feel happy like an old time movie. I'll tell you about the magic and the free your soul, but it's like trying to tell a stranger about a rock and roll. Believe in magic, don't bother to choose if it's junk and music or rhythm and blues. Just go and listen. It'll start with a smile that won't wipe off your face, no matter how hard you try. If you didn't remind me, I would have forgotten that we have to play the record. <laughs> you know that, right? You know, you know. I was, well, that's what I'm here for, buddy. Yeah, well, it's, especially on these cold days. We just had a cold snap here, and it's been freezing. I mean, literally for freezing. And so I hope that uh, you're gonna you we'll wrap this up, and you get back into the warm house. I have to get back into the warmth because I I work out of the my office is a converted garage that is. Uh, it's wonderfully spacious, but not insulated to the degree that it should be. So, but I will say this, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it has been a pleasure to present another episode of Put on a Stack of 45s. Please be listening for our next And the Splendid Boho Goes To, where we shall award the, uh, the character, a, a character actor of note, uh, the Splendid Boho for a performance and, uh, you're going to be a very interesting episode as, as Laird Krieger, Mr. Mesnick makes his, as, as a great, as a great actor himself, one who understands the nature of the sport. He will fill you in on the legend of Laird. The cruel nature Krieger. of show business. The cruel, he wake, Bill, don't you wake up screaming sometimes? <laughs> yeah. You do. You wake up screaming. I know you do. I have been known to wake up screaming. Yes. Yes. And, of course, check up on Captain Billy's Magic 8-Ball, where the captain takes an 8-track uh, from his uh, vast collection and uh, will provide you insights into that particular recording and will give you a narrative, and we play the entire album on high definition. 
So we thank you very much for your, uh, for your, we thank you for your patience and we thank you for your, uh, your loyalty and we hope to give you much more to uh, think about, to appreciate, to learn about, or just remind you about nostalgically so you can revisit those wonderful moments in time when it was simply all about the magic. My friend, I love you. And we shall return. Take care, my friends. Stay warm. You too. Bye-bye.